And welcome back to Butter With That, a movie podcast where friends talk about movies. I hope everyone is doing well. Um, you remind me of a kindergarten teacher right now. Everyone, In the best way. Take your seat on the mat. Everyone has their favorite place to sit. Hands gonna, to yourselves. Hands to yourselves. Take out a book. I don't know. What grade do people start reading? <laughs> Definitely not... <laughs> kindergarten take out a crayon block okay (laughs) a crayon 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 get out of here i said crayon it's a a crayon what's happening big butter blowout (laughs) (laughs) yoohoo sorry we're all seated on the mat together ready to talk about some movies um before we dive into this week's movie connecting to back to school month Um, we are going to, instead of talking about generally new movies we've seen or new TV shows, um, we wanted to kind of talk about a show that is a much anticipated reworking of his dark materials that's coming out on HBO soon. And we have a friend who is very, very, uh, familiar with the series and shared with us, uh, Alana shared with us an email uh, in which she kind of explains not only the His Dark Materials saga, but also a little bit of her insights into why it is such a valuable and important series. And that's interesting, too, because we briefly talked about it in our dust-up about um, uh, upcoming trailers from Comic-Con, and it seemed like we were all really confused, so I'm sure she'll provide some insight. So it begins. Sup, butter bitches. <laughs> Your last episode mentioned oh, God. some confusion at HBO's His Dark Materials trilogy, and it was brought up that I might be the person to bring some clarity to the matter. These books are very important to me. Yes, I do have an HDM tattoo. So I want to make sure you and your listeners all know what's up in regards to this forthcoming adaptation. So here we go. Ready? Bullet points. Oh. Ooh, passing mm. the phone. First, first bullet point of several. Uh, <laughs> His Dark Materials is based on a book trilogy written by British Treasure, in all caps, <laughs> Philip Pullman. One time he tweeted that he had lost the pen he used to write HDM and asked his followers if his followers would help him find it. Bullet point two. I wonder if that worked out. And yes, <clears throat> devoted fans probably would help him follow it what, I, kind of, I, what kind of pen was it it's a bic <laughs> no he fucking it's a real bic writes with a quill pen he's british Fountain after pen. all Fountain all transparency it, i'm a huge fan as well so. isn't it queen's law that they can only write, write with quills wait with quill sorry i don't know the golden <laughs> compass is the first book in the series and was turned into a movie in 2007 it was in all caps bad <laughs> and so they never made the rest of it and actually, I wonder if the trailer didn't say much because they figured everyone's already seen the shit movie and they're just like, here's some scenes, you know, but look at, hey, how they are better now. That part was in quotes. But anyhow, <laughs> the other two books are basically the whole story. So even though people think they know the Golden Compass, they fucking don't. And so help me God, if the BBC fucks this up, I will sick an armored polar bear on them. Oh, that's a reference, I believe. So I was wrong. It's not HBO. It's BBC. I think it's a collaborate. Like Got HBO it. in America, BBC in, uh, okay. I think. <clears throat> that sounds right. And Dave, to almost paraphrase you exactly. Oh, shit. <laughs> this reference is important because part of Golden Compass is that polar bears have armor and two of them battle and one ends up eating the other's heart. Spoiler alert, spy. Oh, uh, sorry. Excuse my, <laughs> oh, my ears. It says S-R-Y. I'm sorry. <laughs> I heard you in the depths of my skull. <laughs> sorry. I'm the one wearing headphones, by the way. <laughs> Phil wrote the trilogy to be a sciencey answer to C.S. Lewis, and let's just say organized religion does not come off great in this series. In fact, the word of, of GC is run by a corrupt religious oligarchy that is basically castrating children to prevent them from ever maturing and becoming sinners. What? It's fucked. So how they essentially castrate them is they 
chop. Wait, is this in the email or are you riffing? Oh, I'm Well, I don't. Am I allowed to reveal this, Go Alana? Riff. Go riff. Okay, well, okay. So every child Alana, what do you think? has <laughs> She's not the a, a, a demon, daemon, basically. Daemon. It's, daemon? <laughs> it's spell. It's, it's, it's kind of a cool mayhem. spell. An animal spirit An thing. animal spirit, yes. And um, basically, they chop off the connection that children have to their animal spirit that they need. That's it's so this. fucked. <laughs> Which uh, C.S. Lewis, another sneaky Christian. <laughs> Just wait for that one off. N- uh, not so sneaky Christian. True. This this bullet's really short, so I'll read the next one too. Uh, next bullet. But did I mention there is a goddamn polar bear fight, guys? It's so fucking dope. Dave, I tried to move back for you. Um, <laughs> oh, is this I'm all so caps? Sorry. It is all in caps. Um, and then the second one, I'm not really sure why Lin-Manuel uh, Miranda is in this, but the character he plays is from a country called Texas, and he has a bunny daemon named Hester and flies around in a hot air balloon. So, like, okay, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of daemons, everyone in this world basically has an animal partner who is an exterior representation of their soul. When you are grown, your daemon settles into an animal form that represents your personality. But when you are young, the daemon can shapeshift to try on different identities. Dave, I'm going to lean back. Just like how you do when you're a kid. (laughs) This is a great lesson in riding the mic, by the way. So Mm. thank you, Alana. (laughs) This isn't even the half of it. Here are some things to look forward to in Book 2 and Beyond. Parallel universes and a knife so thin it can literally cut through dimensions. A badass lady anthropologist, witches who fuck. Cloud ghosts that eat your soul. Church wars. <laughs> I like your all-caps voice. I'm fucking losing myself. Uh, this <laughs> witches who fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I am crying right now. Oh man. <clears throat> this dope concept called dust that I'm not even gonna explain right now. You just gotta watch. A bunch of kids undermining some real boomer nonsense. A visit to the underworld. A stunning love story and also not sure if I mentioned, but a polar bear eats another polar bear's heart. I don't know if that's supposed to make me want to watch it, but that makes me, like, not want to watch that. Mm, it's so good. Um, <laughs> I love Polar Bear Heart. <laughs> Lots of fiber. All right. So, so, like, imagine if rather than making the Harry Potter movies a few years after the books were first released, they waited more than ten years, made the first book into a movie, fucked it up, and then never made another one. Can you fucking imagine it? Double question mark. I can. Because it happened to me. With HDM. So quoth I by the skin on Lil... Lin... Lin... Lin Miranda. Manuel Miranda's tender little baby face... Because BCC, oh my God, I've lost it. BBC, I have got your number. I hope that cleared up things for y'all, Alana. Man, Alana just um, needs to be on the podcast. I think probably. It just really also didn't clear it up. I don't. I'm more don't confused. So. But thank you, thank but, you so much. But that was witches awesome. Who fuck. Which witches the fuck? It's gonna be great. That subtle knife is so subtle, and um, How Ruth is- Wilson is going to be in it, who is wonderful, a wonderful Is uh, James McAvoy in this, He's too? also in it, right. yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Thank you so much, Alana. That's that, awesome. That, yeah. I think that this was, was fun. gives us a lot of material to think about. His dark material. His so uh. much, his so many dark materials to think, think about. Um, so... I guess connected to this, thank you, Connor, um, also, for your tablet of wonder. Um, I think connecting to this idea of childhood and thinking about putting on different childhood identities will just roll right into our our theme of the month, uh, which is back to school. You know, it's still August, but there's that feeling in the air. It's still hot, but you're like, fuck, 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 school's starting. And I got to get my supplies, got to go. So this week we are doing 
a favorite of mine, um, School of Rock. It a or the School of Rock, I guess is. I don't know. The it seems like School it seems like that's what the trailer Rock. said, right? I don't. Know. I don't know. Is the article in there? So, uh, I Connor reported on the trailers, and trailer says the School of Rock. Wikipedia, Box Office Mojo, Rotten Tomatoes, all say Rock, School right? of Rock. Yeah, confusing. I, th- I would stay still up for debate because ultimately the band's name, uh, as uh, the t-shirt says, it's emblazoned on the t-shirts they hand make, is The School of Rock. Oh. Which is, so I think it's debatable. Okay. We don't really know. Um, and we'll never know. I don't know if we'll ever know. We'll have to ask Jack What's Black Jack, if you're listening. Yeah. Jack Black. <laughs> Which why? Oh please! Oh oh, that'd be amazing. Um, yeah. So 2003 classic starring the one and only Jack Black, um, directed by Richard Linklater which I didn't know until revisiting this movie. And I've seen this movie many times. Uh, Rich, Richard Linklater of Boyhood, Dazed and Confused, yeah. before Every Position of the Sun, and uh, some other movies. I, it's really I, interesting, yeah. What drew him to the script? So from the what rock. I understand, initially he turned down the uh, choice, or like the offer to direct it. I'm not sure what... He enticed him into directing it, but mm, maybe um, money. ultimately, <laughs> maybe a big <laughs> fat check. Who knows? Um, but yeah, so I'm really excited to talk about this movie. I'm gonna throw it over to uh, Sam, who did the trailer, and wrong, wrong. Connor, who did the trailer. Uh, Sam, you watched it. I sure did. <laughs> I'm sorry. Ha- have any of us not seen it? By the way, it's been years. It's been okay. years. Fair enough. But we've all seen years. it. Yeah. Okay. All right, I'm gonna throw it over to Connor. Um, tell me about that trailer. Real bad. Mm. Really? The, it has the voiceover guy. I mean, not as bad as the Heather's trailer. Well, yeah. Um, but it has the voiceover guy of like, meet a man who's gonna teach kids how to break all the rules. And then I think it does a nice job of huh. setting up what the plot's gonna be. You got Ned. Uh, you got uh, what? Dewey. Dewey Finn. Dewey Finn, who wants to like win a rock band competition, but his rock band kicks him out of the group. He's hanging out with his friend, Ned Schneebly. Ned Schneebly's a substitute teacher. Um, some academy that uh, Joan Cusack runs. Cusack? Cusack. Cusack runs. Calls Schneebly, but Jack Black picks up and is like, hey, yo, I'm Schneebly. I'll substitute teach for you. What and a he silly goes fucking name. <laughs> for a silly fucking dude. It's definitely the idea. Schneebly. And oh, so, this is Ned <laughs> and it's Ned too. When Ned's attached to it, it's yeah. like it's a hopeless. Name. You're a nerd. What if you had like Geronimo Schneebly? So Does that some, make it cooler? That's like yeah, someone definitely. really trying to overcompensate for the last name with a crazy first name. There's a name, or there's a point where uh, Jack Black, as Dewey Finn, as Ned Schneebly, is first entering class and tries to write yeah. the last name on the board. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's like S H. N E E E. Then he just raises his. All right, kids, keep going. Sorry, Connor. Um, so I think the trailer does a good job of setting up the basic plot of how Jack Black finds that these kids are like really talented musicians. So he wants to start a rock band with these kids, use these kids' talent to win money for himself. But probably in the end, it turns out that he actually really likes these kids and wants them to succeed beyond just the money prize. Um, and then it just goes to show on a bunch of jokes. Spoiler, he just goes, bitches, peace out. <laughs> just, just, Thanks for the check. <laughs> Bye. Good luck with math. <laughs> and then the movie ends. Credits roll. Um, and then it just goes on to show a lot of scenes of just like him trying to woo the principal. And it just goes on. I think the trailer just goes on way too long, showing a lot of scenes from the movie that... You know, you sold Jack Black teaching music to kids, and he's undercut, and he's like pretending to be somebody else. Sold. It also just does like one of those things where it runs down like the entire three act structure in like two minutes. Mm-hmm. And you're like, we can all pretty much guess the way the trajectory mm-hmm. of this movie. Yeah. Why does this trailer need to spell it out? Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thanks, Connor. I'm gonna throw it over to Tori, who did the reviews. Yes. Uh, so uh, Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 91 percent from the critics, but it was a 64 percent for audience, which seems really interesting Whoa. to me. Whoa. It's a pretty big gap. Um, Ebert had like he was one of the first reviews I saw, and it was like stellar. It was like, um, you know, it's a cute premise. Um, but like School of Rock is a, is serious as it can be about its comic subject and never condensed. Uh, Oh, sorry, condescends, condescends uh, in its characters or its audience. The kids aren't 
turned into cloying little clones, but remains stubborn, uncertain, insecure, and kid-like. And Dewey Finn doesn't start as a distributable... Uh, I can't fucking speak anymore. Uh, distributable character and then turn gooey. Jack Black remains true to his um, character all the way through. He remains Dewey's personality. Uh, not a plot gimmick, uh, but a way of life is how he puts it. So hmm. there was a lot of um, like saying how great Black was overall and some of the positive reviews. Um, another uh, critic wrote, it would be a shame if only kids uh, went to see this film. Adults who can still plug into their inner rocker, if only to play air guitar, will love it too. Um, and then, yeah, just like a lot of saying like uh, Black was really great. Linklater uh, was also really good um, in this as well. One common criticism I saw for the negative reviews, however, um, felt that uh, the School of Rock didn't really have a purpose or an identifiable message. That's something I saw multiple times in the critical reviews, oh, that's interesting. Hmm. which I thought was interesting because honestly, I don't remember too, too much about that film like because it's been years but that just seemed odd i guess because uh, i feel like i would be able to at least in my head make up a discernible yeah. <laughs> lesson I or i could get to, to one i guess we'll that. get to it later yeah. 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 yeah definitely i'm so glad you brought that up um one one woman antonia quirk said school of rock just doesn't rock it has no <laughs> appetite for destruction no raw power it's like late white snake tidied up overproduced Jack Black is not, sad to say, Jack White. Oh, to compare Whoa, something to Lay White Snake is a real dig. I know. Ice. Which is also funny because Jack Black and uh, uh, Jack, White. Jack White are doing, are going to come out with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Um, one of my favorites, though, was one where also this person used just you, the letter, when trying to say you. So automatically, oh, I'm good, like, well, good. your opinion doesn't matter. Um, this is a great example of why you should never work with child actors. What? Then what do you want? Any, oh, this what do you want movies wrong. to be? Because they might be <laughs> like objectively talented in their roles, because these kids were. Uh the the ch uh, the acting of the children is unnatural. The children what? just stare soulless into the camera, and the jokes are just childish and dumb. Fucking watch, uh, which I'm <laughs> assuming they meant dumb. So that just seems incorrect. <laughs> no offense, but uh, I think you're a little dump. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, I don't just that comment. Like, when whenever someone has that like overarching statement of just like, oh, you can't work with kids. What? Okay, so we're never gonna have kid movies, or we're gonna have adults playing the kids. Like, what do you want? It's like this every to be? movie is children of men. <laughs> oh my god! Yeesh. Yes, very weird. Uh, but yeah, overall, pretty positive stuff. But it was interesting that like the the criticism overall seemed to be like the overall like message of the the movie. Yeah, I think that would be definitely something I would love um, to hear your your thoughts on Sam since yeah. you watched it. Um, before we talk, go into kind of dive deep into the movie, just a quick movie synopsis. So hmm. uh, as essentially Connor laid out in the trailer, we got Dewey Finn, lover of rock, just kicked out of uh, his <laughs> band looking for money. He impersonates his housemate, Ned Schneebly, as a substitute um, to teach at a prep school. He has no experience teaching, so turns the class into a rock band so they can win the Battle of the Bands. And um, this movie was actually written by Mike White, who wrote Chuck and Buck, Orange County, Ooh. and I think... Love Orange County. Later, I can't remember... But this is the guy that plays Ned Schneebly? Yes. Because he also wrote The Good Girl with Jake Gyllenhaal. He did write The Good Girl and, and um, Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston. Oh, yeah. And John C. Riley, which is a really good movie. That is, that is a nice, a little gem yeah. of a movie. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was just, it's interesting returning to this movie and seeing a whole bunch of familiar people uh, who were a part of this movie that I never, I never realized. Um, and so, yeah, I, Sam, what'd you think? You had seen it before, Yes, right? yeah. I saw it probably when it first came out, so watching it again was kind of nice. It's still pretty funny. I think it's very 2003. Mm. Like, yeah. watching it, I heard they... So Jack Black and Miranda Cosgrove, they use the word slut a bunch of times. <laughs> because, and you can see this in the trailer, um, 
Jack Black doesn't really know what to do with like these three girls. So he's like, mm, groupies. And so Miranda Cosgrove, like her character is like very, very smart. So she goes home and she researches oh, groupies right. and she's like, I'm not a slut. <laughs> yeah. She confronts scene. him later on and like, that was a little bit uncomfortable to watch. And there's some like stereotypes that they use. They put on children that's like, you know, mildly uncomfortable. And then a lot of it requires a suspension of disbelief. However, once you put yourself into that perspective, like, yes, they would need permission forms and, and slips to go any fucking where. Right. Yes, any kind of substitute needs child clearance, child abuse clearances. So, mm -hmm. like, Definitely. you know, like, this shit can't happen. But, like, once you suspend that disbelief, it's a really enjoyable movie. Um, what I will say, though, is something I kept thinking about as I was watching it. It almost, like, distracted me from the movie a bit. And, like, this is just me. I'm an educator I went to school for being a teacher and there's always this perspective and Jack Black even says it it's like those who can't do teach, teach. those who can't teach teach Jim <laughs> um, which is like funny Ouch. but there is this idea that just about anyone can teach but you can only be an effective teacher if you have this innate ability or inner passion to really connect with children. And I think that's true. Like you see it in School of Rock. You see it in other movies, like not to go back to Dead Poets Society, but in Dead Poets Society. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that like, yes, there might be some natural teachers, but you need to hone your craft. And if you're teaching more than just what you live and breathe, like if you teach more than just fucking rock music, like <laughs> you're not gonna have access to all of that passion. So like, how do you still access your students and create a positive and safe learning environment when you aren't being like, yeah, and I'm an expert at this and blah, 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 blah. And so I think the movie tries to explore um, how powerful teaching can be and how much of an impact it can make. Like there's um, two students, I think in particular, the one who plays the keyboard and then- Lawrence. Lawrence and then Zach who plays the lead guitar. Right. Where like you can see that this class has accessed for them like this hidden ability, but like also this like confidence. And so you're like, wow, he's really done it. He's a great teacher. I think like- that's part of the the message. I wouldn't say like that's the whole message of the movie, but I think it's like if you teach what you're like, you have to be passionate about what you're teaching, and then huh. you can touch all of these lives and and things like that. But it it doesn't do a good enough job. I feel almost like it's the inverse, but I'll return to that in a way. Well, yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah, we can explore that too. No, go go ahead, Dave. Tell me what you think because I think this connects exactly to what. Yeah, Tori's bringing up is like, what are we supposed to take from this movie, especially as in relation to it being like, is it part of the inspiring teacher narrative? And what is it saying about yeah, education? No, I think it's it's kind of the opposite because like, you know, he goes into it, obviously, and it's the established premise within the first act is like he's he's involved in this, but is like. Like, in the first few days is, like, explaining, like, oh, we've got a hangover, I'm not going to teach, or, like, doesn't even have an interest at first. Um, and then uh, him activating the – his intersection with the the students' like, hidden talents or just, like, unexplored, like, musicianship and so on um, brings something out in him. So it, it seems almost more like it's um, it's a message of, like – if you're willing to uh, take a chance on students' individual interests and talents, uh, then it will rejuvenate or validate your position as an educator. Mm. I would I would say along kind of those lines that what makes him at first such and I, I, I would also maybe argue that even by the end of the movie he's not a great no educator. he doesn't have any of those permissions <laughs> but he no. almost gets in a lot of trouble. What makes yeah. what <laughs> I think makes him like not a good teacher at all or at the beginning especially is the fact that he in many ways is cares too passionately like you can see his dynamic with his band he's a band like basically like a solo hog like he dom like dominates right. the space and is like i'm gonna like crowd surf when i want to i'm gonna like yeah and eventually like, that's what gets band, him if someone in your band crowd surfs man they're out that night and it's just like he he like dominates the space and then you could see that in his first attempts like once he decides all right I guess I have to be with these children. We're going to, I'm going to do any, the only thing I know how to do, which is we're going to play music 
and I'm going to form this band. He still takes all the solos for himself, and he takes all the numbers. And part of me wants to watch Jack Black do his thing, like, for a million years, and that's what makes the movie so fun. But as far as, in my opinion, relating to this notion of, like, what actually makes someone... Like, like stepping an, back. Is and, that an idea of yeah. stepping back. And ultimately, by the end of the movie, the, the song the song that they choose to do at the Battle of the Bands is the song that the kid wrote and not one that right. he wrote, even though he still He still takes the, solo, takes the solo. And he also stage dives. So, like, he still <laughs> he does He still learned his lesson. Yeah. You don't it. stage dive in a band. <laughs> and so I'm kind of like, if people are wanting the message from it, as far as, like, how are we supposed to be emulating a person like Jack Black? I'm like, I don't know if it's really asking for us to, like, I don't think so either. that from him. So, I think it's more the kid's story, or at least yeah. that's what emerges, is, like, all, all along mm. the, the fuel to the fire that he's been lacking is their enthusiasm. Mm. I just, I like, to go back to that review, I don't know if there really is a point. And I think it's just, like, to have an enjoyable film, I think it comes close to almost having a point and like I really do see and take your point of it being like the the students having an impact on him but like he still takes the solos he mm. still stage dives well and maybe that's more like I don't know realistic like to expect right. someone to do a total 180 and like be a totally different person it's like eh. so maybe there's really not a message to it. maybe yeah. it's just enjoy this like really weird and definitely unusual slice of life yeah and, <laughs> and maybe you've like it's done something for you to make you a little better and maybe mm -hmm. more importantly it's made other people's lives better it doesn't mean it like had to completely change you as a person and maybe yeah. slowly it would if that was a thing that continued but like hmm. also i mean mike white the writer wrote the script with jack black in mind so that, that makes suggests sense. I mean, uh, that <laughs> the message of the movie is I want Jack Black in my movie and I want him to showcase what he does best and his immense yeah. talent as a performer. And that's what I watch this movie as. But also, casting-wise, showcase the immense talent that, like, 12-year-olds have. Mm. Yeah. All the, like, as far as casting choices, Jack Black is so much fun to watch from him in one moment... Um, having a conversation, turning around, like doing a guitar lick, singing a Cello, song. it's a bass. Yes, nailing a joke. And you're like, this person is on fire. It's amazing. But then I think the wonderful chemistry he has with the, yes. the children in the classroom yes. is yeah. unbelievable. And then the, the children themselves who play their instruments um, oh, like during the rehearsal scenes, during the performing scenes, and were casted for their different various like abilities to play these um, instruments. And so I think kind of it's just a showcase of like people doing awesome things. <laughs> I mean, it's like how Mandy Moore always had to sing in whatever uh, oh my movie God. she was in. Okay, but you a know? walk to remember. <laughs> a walk you'll never forget, that's for sure. Um, Princess Diaries. Does she sing oh in Princess God, Diaries? Oh my gosh, she does. She sings at the beach. Oh my God! I forgot about uh -huh. this. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, with uh, what's his face? Eric Von Denton. Yeah. <laughs> like there were a time in the '90s. I mean, woo. Brink Man. Br so weird. Okay, that's <laughs> the point of this. <gasps> Fuck! Everyone forgets about that show. I never forget about that <laughs> Brink. show. It's on uh, Teen Puppy Su Pup and Suds. Pup and Suds. Pup yeah, Pup yes. and Suds. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> okay. Cool. What just happened? What? I'm, re I'm rejuvenated. <laughs> I, I think also one more thing I would like to mention about, or like bring a question I would like to bring up mm -hmm. as in regards to like his education of sorts. I think rewatching this movie and watching him try to lead a class, especially even about something he's passionate about, is how quite narrow minded and somewhat conservative his music choice, <laughs> not conservative, but as, as in like political ideology, but just like as far as asking kids what they're listening to, what they like, and one's like Liza Minnelli, one's like Puff Daddy, one's like Christina Aguilera, and he's, and he's like, like no, no, no. You're not listening to Led Zeppelin. Exactly, <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Oh my God. He's definitely no passionate, thanks. but like his, his own like, 
dad rock. It was almost like dad rock time. And like, yeah. those are, this is also music that like I really like and enjoy, but I'm like, also as an educator, being right, like, that's right. wrong, that's wrong, and that's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah. is Your kind opinion of, fucking sucks. Exactly. Yeah. And then it got me thinking about like, at 12, 13, 14, like, having people in my life that essentially were like that or not complete like that but like thinking about like my brother was the person that was like all right you're gonna sit down you're gonna listen to this and you're gonna listen to this and you're gonna like okay finally and then i was Here, like this, oh, this art is, is the homework cool. yeah, yeah basically great. oh this is great and then it like at like a part of my maturing process was being like mm, these are the things that i like not mm-hmm. that like mm-hmm. somebody who i do look up to and like see as sort of this arbiter of taste likes no mm-hmm. it's like some of that shit is dumb and stupid mm-hmm. and I like it. It's sort of like, and you could see the children going through that as well. They bring themselves into the performances mm-hmm. and things like that. But, but it just goes to show you like how self-absorbed he is even to the end. Totally. Because like even the music they create is all like classic it's rock. It's still kind of, yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Do they I'm, ever challenge Jack Black on what music he likes? No. Or, no? Yeah, no. I don't think it comes up. That would have been a movie with a message, I think. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> right. Like yeah. he learns more about music through the students instead of mm. him being like, you guys could be great at playing the kind of music I like. Yeah, that's a good point. There is the one really fantastic moment where, um, so something that he does in the kind of like the beginning of the film when he starts first starts um, subbing, he's like, okay, well, I'm gonna judge you by the way that you look and say you can be part of the road crew. Mm. Like you're gonna be security because you're like big and beefy, or like I don't know anything to do with you. And so like there's one student who's a little bit on the heavier side, and he just like immediately puts her into like the roadie security thing, and mm-hmm. she comes up to him, and she's like, she's clearly going through it, but she's like. A very shy student and she's like I don't want to do that and he's like well you gotta prove to me that you can be a mm. singer and she fucking does and she's amazing and he's like whoa okay I was wrong and so like I appreciated that moment mm-hmm. where like obviously he did a really shitty thing but he recognized the mistake and then like self-corrected and yeah. wasn't really like, oh, I'm so fucking sorry. I can't believe I did that, like made it about him, but was like, wow, you've got talent. Like yeah. you're in, you're in the band. That is a really wonderful moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she's got an amazing voice. And then you see, yeah, it's like, but that is a great point also, Sam, that his initial like, categorizing of people totally reinforces all the problems in the music industry (laughs) especially it was like all right you got four guys in the band and then the only girl that's in that band is the fucking bassist (laughs) all right poor kim and i guess that it's sort of like and the girls are backup singers yes right the backup singers and the groupies and so you can see him recognizing times when he might be mm-hmm. falling into that but also ultimately like, the movie steps away and is like all right maybe this, that adds to like the 2003 i think that too, is very, you know? yeah it could there's like, like a borderline subversion of that in the sense that he he allows if if it is supposed to be analogous to the music industry he allows um miranda cosgrove to be the manager yes in the what David is Geffen. a largely patriarch, <laughs> patriarchal industry but hmm. uh, but that doesn't really yeah that alone yeah, doesn't really make up for the rest 2003, of 2003 they're not really trying to take down the uh, yeah. patriarchy and in, it's uh, like a music vaguely film. homophobic at some point yeah. when they have yeah. the student who is like very clearly um into wardrobe and that kind of stuff and they kind of make him butt up a joke yeah, um, yeah which isn't great but it's very 2003 yeah mm-hmm. which i guess can also connects to kind of a kind of a last qu- or another question that i had and that I was thinking about while rewatching this is the movie how does the movie treat its female characters in general um and like especially the character of Patty the Sarah Silverman character right yeah. who is just sort of a perpetual nag she the whole is time. essentially a villain of sorts yeah. in the movie well, first of all, you can count all the adult female characters on literally <laughs> yeah, fucking Joan one Cusack, hand. Sarah Silverman, and question mark? Yeah, I don't. And like those summer, I think teachers. is or like the the class factotum, uh, Amanda Cosgrove, the summer right, character. Yeah, yeah. Right. She's kind of a lead as far as one of the cl- like 
classmates. But none but, of yeah. the other ones ever have personality. I mean, like, you do have that brief interaction with him and the student who challenges him to become a singer. But, like, even her character development is not really fleshed out. I guess we're going to learn a little bit about Joan Cusack and how she's, like, reluctantly restrained within a bureaucratic role, but also is, like, a, like a big Fleetwood Mac fan and, and all this. But, like, <laughs> it's also just sort of stringing along a plot that's centered around Jack Black. And, like, terribly stereotypical. Yeah, that's she's true, She's, like, this... Tight prude, right? Yeah, it's a pretty you, tried uh, archetype. Yeah. Once you put a few drinks in her, then uh huh. Then right, she, yeah, you right. have to fucking like seduce her and get her drunk. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. And then like Jack Black is so easily able to seduce her because <laughs> she has no other fucking options, and he's like, "Well, I'm better than fucking nothing." I mean, he is Jack Black. <laughs> Well, right. But I mean, also, like, how many dudes have gotten like through life with that? Well, I mean, that's so nothing. true, though. That's true, right? Fuck I mean, it worked on what's her name, Kate Winslet, in the holiday. Oh my so God. Jack Black can oh. be convincing, apparently. <laughs> Damn. Honestly, oh boy. hot takes. Yeah, we can revisit hot the holiday. That's fact. <laughs> he doesn't woo you with his charm. I'm wooed by Jack Black, but I'm not Kate Winslet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the two leading guys, Jack Black and Jude Law. <laughs> okay. Oh, we're gonna return to that, the holiday at some point. I'm sorry. I mean, ahead. I would take Jack Black. Over I would Jude too, Law. I guess. Mm, whiteboard question for the future. I would talk. Yeah, uh, email us. Yeah, whatever. Um, I think. JB or JL. There is team are you fight on? to the death. But the, oh the important difference here, and I don't want to say that, like, you know, like, traditionally men who aren't deemed as handsome can't get, like, pretty women. What sure. I'm saying is that, like, the, the point is ugly-ish. I, I don't, I don't want to Jack Black's not ugly. But, like, men that are supposed to be ugly can get attractive mm. women because they uh, have no other options. Like, well, that's also, the part. Yeah, that and not to, like, sucks. continue comparing this to The Holiday. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like Jack Black's character in The Holiday does more development. Is like, this is, like, a nice dude who, like, you know, like, seems to, he has a good personality. He treats people well from, from, you know, the looks of it. This, like, I don't see him doing much as a man to, like, yeah, be like, kind oh, of I'm deserving of, like, a woman. Like Joan Cusack, who maybe she's uptight, but it is also like obviously also very somebody. smart and interesting. And she's so, a person. Yeah. yeah, she's a real fucking person. This person yeah. deserves love. I, yeah. I think that's a really great point as far as what kind of character are we looking at and in those two different movies. I mean, I would say even though I love, love, love Jack Black in School of Rock, as far as a character, I mean, and the, the interactions especially he has with Patty, who's the... Um, partner girlfriend of i don't know maybe they're married of ne the real ned, ned, ned schneebly yeah. um and he calls her nightmare brainwashing mommy and he's like kind of like a piece of trash as yeah, far as how he treats her and um there's this article i found with points to this um this meme that's adulthood is watching school of rock and realizing joan cusack and sarah silverman's characters are being right. very reasonable <laughs> and i kind of had that feeling that's a good point as well re-watching this movie where they are two characters that are kind of standing in the way of jack black having a good time and living his truest self <laughs> and that he meets them with like either calling them nightmarish mommy or like getting them drunk to convince him to like take on this or like do this band. Right, right. Um, and neither, I, I think Joan Cusack's character is the principal goes through kind of, you ultimately see like her dimensions. I mean, she's constantly having to deal with terrible parents and like all the stress of a job. And I think you get some dimension with her, but Patty is just, you don't see her by the end of the movie. You have no idea what happens to her. And like, it's written a as very bizarre role that I, yeah, that also feels very early 2000s. Right. But e there's even an interaction between Jack Black and Ned where he's like, why the fuck are you even with her? Like, is like, like, what is that? And he goes, well, it's better than not being with somebody. You're like, oh, what? Yeah. But it's like, guys, you need to fix a lot of shit here. <laughs> Y'all need to go to therapy. For True. starters. That's the real message of school. Yeah. <laughs> 
how much therapy do these kids have to go into for their like high school counselors when they talk about He'd be fucking arrested and be in prison for a very long time. Honestly, I'm surprised I didn't see more of the nitpicky criticisms throughout like uh Rotten Tomatoes and stuff with like those like oh, he like didn't get FBI clearances and didn't get permission slips cuz like those are things that, like, I try not to be nitpicky about in movies, but, like, stuff like that probably would piss me off, like, a little bit. Like, I'd just be like, ooh, the whole time, like, just, like, not gonna forget that, though. It's because, like, the whole premise of the movie is fucked when you throw in that one real thing about being a substitute. Nothing else you would happen. You still have to have your fucking clearances, yeah. man. I thought I would have guessed that the Rotten Tomatoes and user score would be reversed. Like, users yeah. saying, yeah. oh, critics, you're yeah. being too hard. What? It's a movie. Just enjoy it. Which, that usually happens a lot, yeah. so it was interesting. It, it was the opposite for this right. film. Which, like, I don't think the film promises more than that. It's just, like, you know, it's a fun movie. Yeah. It's a Jack Black vehicle. Right. Uh, that's it's, the intention. Which, there yeah. is that exactly. old, like, oh, I'm smarter than the movie thing. I feel like a lot of, like, you know, audience members try to do, too. And it's just like, eh, just... Just let it be a fucking fun movie, you yeah. know? It doesn't have to be Let Jack Black sing with some kids, give him some pianos. Yeah. Which, maybe, and maybe that's kind of, uh, what I was thinking too is like, I've seen Jack Black in other, th- more recent things, and then like, okay, those are the glimmers of you, but for the Who's most gonna... part, I can't really oh, think no. of a movie since then that I've enjoyed as far as like, seeing him within a movie as much, and maybe... Unless it's a Jack Black vehicle, I like. I don't know. What do you think about the Poker King? I enjoyed it. That I like was, that movie. but that was definitely also a Jack Black vehicle. As far oh, as sure. like, yeah. I was like, maybe. Although the holiday, I do love him in, but um, I want to see him. I want to see him shine. I have to say, I have not enjoyed the. I did not enjoy Jumanji all mm. that much. The did remake. you see the trailer for the sequel? It was kind of funny. I yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like that's what he's good, focusing kind of on, and he's touring with Tenacious D. So maybe that's like his true passion. Hey, how do we feel about Tenacious D? Any any listeners? I can't say I. I like Tenacious D. I. It's just not my sound. Like I'm not <laughs> into music that sounds like that. So I can't say I've devoted a lot of time to listening to to Tenacious D, but um, I've seen like I think he's on tour right now, mm-hmm. uh, or at least just got off tour, and um, have been watching like clips of their like live shows and tours and just looks like he has so much fun it's like i I like the i don't know uh, the the one album it just it plays on a lot of like classic rock parodies and like individual songs that i think are are very clever and funny i really appreciate people who have chaotic energies and like jack black 100 percent does i think Mm -hmm. um his bit on Jimmy Fallon that was recently. First of all, Jimmy <laughs> Fallon fucking sucks. But yep. yeah. um, this part, Jimmy Fallon found a saxaboom for <laughs> Jack Black to play, and just him playing it and the setup to him playing it are is one of the funniest things that I just watch it over and over mm. again because it's just so entertaining. I mean, that's the thing too. Like, it's not my kind of music or anything like that. But like, I'm just like, you seem like you're having a ton of fun with what you're doing. So like, keep mm-hmm. fucking doing it. Like, yeah. yeah. His like Jablinski. Uh, I love his YouTube series. channel, Jablinski. <laughs> that's the thing. He does like. Um, his Game of Thrones theme song parody. I don't even watch Game of Thrones, but. <laughs> I'll watch that video, like him doing the theme song all in acapella. I'll watch that over and over. But yeah, so let us know what you think about Jack Black. Tell, write us in. Um, the last thing, or does anyone have any other thoughts about School of Rock, Jack Black, the JB phenomenon? What do we think about the uh, the the technical musicianship of the child actors in this movie? I think it's great. I yeah. thought it was wonderful. I don't remember the movie enough to say anything about they it. Were great. Like, they were great. They cut it up. They, they did a great job. And, and the casting is really good, not only as like solid musicians, who I assume were either trained actors who learned an instrument or really pe- people, children who were very good at instruments who think, learned how to act. But either way, it was really balanced. I think it was that case where they were casting for people that could play okay. their instrument and then were like, okay, can you act right. as well? But you'll notice that most of those kids don't have very many lines. That's true. Like, the, the girl who plays the bass, what the fuck does she ever say? She got no lines. Yeah, yeah that's nothing. a good point. And, like, Zach only has a little bit, yeah. and it's towards the end. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, I guess that's how you get around that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. not every, It's funny because 
when Jack Black first gets the idea to start a rock band, he peeks into the music room and they're all in band. All of them are playing instruments. And in fact, that scene is much more egalitarian than the mm. band that he actually creates. Because it's like, fuck classical music, fuck band music. And it's like, well, actually, all of them were playing instruments in that scenario. And you've chosen the select five to participate in yours. So, so where's the French horn player, for God's sake? Yeah, Come on, Jack. Man. But... I love a good saxophone. Mm. Uh. Well, they did have a reunion in 2003 in Austin, Texas. And based on the picture, most everyone was there. I don't think Lawrence was there. You mean I, the actors? Yes. Oh. The child. Oh, so all the, or the main kid crew was there, except for Lawrence. And then Jack Black was there. Richard Linklater was there. And uh, Mike White was there. Wow. And they all did a show. Cool. And then they had a picture together. Oh, that's really cool. But the the most hilarious thing is that the guy who plays the guitar, I can't remember his character's name, who's the classical guitarist and then the lead guitarist. Zach, right? Zach, Zach, yeah. yes. Um, he has been arrested yeah. for stealing guitars. Yeah. <laughs> like on multiple occasions. Jack Black got him hooked. Honey, no. And it's just like, I guess he's, I don't know, he's devoted to his craft, but <laughs> <laughs> he just has been caught on like guitar, I don't know. Maybe he walks into a guitar center and is like, "I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna have that one." <laughs> yeah, I read something about that too. I yeah. am the kid from School of Rock, wow. after all. <laughs> That's sad. That is so sad. <sighs> well, couldn't Jack Black just buy him a guitar? Yeah. Well, I don't know that he's Jack Black's responsibility specifically, but at <laughs> but any he rate, he taught him how to rock. <laughs> yeah. In the, all right. One great rock show <laughs> can change the world. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's the message. Yeah, Jack Black owes Zach the character guitar. Yes. I have this, to s- this actor is on his own. Oh, my God. <laughs> I did uh, start a paper in high... Speaking of high school and what we were like, I did start a paper <laughs> that quoted um, School of Rock. Really? Yeah. I'm not was surprised. The yeah, what? It was one great rock show can change the world. What were you writing about? I wrote a paper <laughs> about protest music during the 60s. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. shit. Okay. It well, wasn't, you gotta live... Hard. What was it? What's you gotta, you gotta uh, live hard... Live hard er, you gotta if you, if you be wanna be hardcore, hardcore. You gotta live you hardcore. Gotta live hardcore. The legend of the rent was way hardcore. He's oh. <laughs> like, it was written on the stone. All right, but that's basically a tenacious D song. I, but yes, <laughs> but actually, the um, Jim O'Rourke from Sonic Youth, uh, and actually uh, Liam Lynch from Tenacious D wrote most of the songs, mm-hmm. and then Jack Black wrote a couple of them in the moment. But I think. We have explored much in this episode, and um, if you have any other thoughts about School of Rock, email us. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with you. Okay, I will sing it for you, but uh, let me just get in the zone. I was not planning on unveiling it, but I will sing it. In the end of time, there was a man so far it's a work in progress thank you and we're back uh for our whiteboard question this week didn't that rock wasn't that episode rocking and the segue song you just listened to which didn't we've yet to compose song... didn't that rock I, that's a yeah. lot of pressure we're applying to ourselves but you that guys, rock you guys really pulled it off yeah. this was yeah. by oh far the best transition music of all time yeah. yes now I'm stressed about it because it hasn't been written yet mm. <laughs> Dave, don't let that last part out. No, we're, we got to commit now. 
I just thought of when uh, Patty says, I have a job. And he goes, I am on the front lines liberating people with my music. Oh, wait. There's this one quote I wrote down that made me laugh out loud. I serve society by rocking. Yeah, fuck. Something only Jack Black could say convincingly. Oh, yeah. oh gosh. Mm, and he does that fun, like, each leg he does yeah. this dance it's like a typical day yeah, okay mm. so today uh this week's whiteboard question is if you could essentially school a class on one topic which is basically dominating conversation having very strong opinions about something leaving little space for other opinions a la jack black in school of rock what would it be sadly i have too many answers to this <laughs> you you mean no <laughs> Um, obviously the first thing that I, that came to mind was how Captain America was always worthy of picking up Thor's hammer. You're going to teach a whole class on that? I would. <laughs> I would. I'd class. break down every fucking oh. scene. Oh boy. But I, I just, could. I, I, I could. Yeah. I fucking could. Um, but then I decided to not do that. And instead, um, I would teach a class on why 1999's The Mummy is <sighs> a cinematic masterpiece and something that should be studied for all time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I can't wait to see what the chalkboard has on it, like all uh, of the yep. grids together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a whole semester of the 1999 The Mummy. Comedic timing, loving relationships, perfect oh, music, a, 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 a rising action that doesn't get boring, resolu- the perfect fucking resolution, how it is a singular movie that needed no sequel, got one, it's fine, but to go back to the point, there's not a dull moment in the movie. It's quite the syllabus. I have more. We just heard it. I have more. Oh, boy. This is more of a four-year degree. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that six-year PhD. My soulmate <laughs> out there. 200 pages. My soulmate out there is someone who loves the mummy as much as I do. <laughs> <laughs> Calling all mummy fans. Not, but like, almost as much as me. Cause it I can't be more. more. Nobody can match that. <laughs> mm. That was awesome. How about, how about others? Uh, mine would also be a movie-related thing. I think it would be fun to teach a horror class, but specifically about how horror is one of the best genres just to talk about different social issues. Mm. Um, so I just think, like, there's so much stuff, especially right now with, like, really interesting, like, feminist horror and stuff that I just feel like you can... There's so much you can do and talk about in, like, crazy, ridiculous ways in that genre and, like, really, like, prove a point without, like, it having to be, like too sad or a fucking documentary or something not that those things are bad but it's just (laughs) like i like being able to to deal with my emotional and social anxieties with like a little bit of a filter and i think that that's the perfect way to do it nice hmm um i think the only thing i'd be qualified to teach uh, any kind of course on would be (laughs) Would probably be Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah. But this is uh, <clears throat> I can only claim so much credit. There is a podcast if you folks are interested in podcasts called Blink One Fifty Five, where they dissect a Blink One Eighty Two song for uh, upwards of two hours per episode. <laughs> uh, they are midway through this uh, this process. I've had a great time listening to it, um, and it's really rejuvenated my interest in uh, in the band and uh, my unabashed uh, sudden emergence and like. You know what? I'm comfortable admitting this. It's <laughs> fine. Hmm. Um, we'll just forget that Tom DeLonge is like really going off the deep end. Hey, he's he's teaching us about space. aliens. <laughs> aliens. <laughs> I, I want to believe that topic. he knows what he's doing. If he wants to spend his money this way, who are we to judge? And California, you know, that's a bad record. But the new one sounds like it might be all right. We'll see. At any rate, um, yeah, I could I could teach a, a full course on that probably. This is, I'm by no means the first person to have this thought, but I think just why the Star Wars prequels are trash. I think I could teach a whole course in that. <laughs> so you, this course would be Common Sense 101. <laughs> Pretty much. And, and it would definitely tie into filmmaking 101, story structure, writing. You mean episodes? One, two, and three. Got it. 
And I would counterpoint with one reason why each of them is like interesting. <laughs> I would allow They're not good. All the, but all there's the a trade lot of embargoes. Yeah. I would allow one it up. one course, one class for each of the movies would involve counterpoints. Cool. Okay. Fair. Get into it. And almost none of them would be about what happens in the movies, but things they set up for the animated series or the extra canon. Because Garrett books. and I went to brunch and got uh, a little bit day drunk on uh, bottomless champagne uh, nice. stuff watching. Uh, um, fuck, what's the second one? Attack of the Clones. Yeah. I've on, never seen that whole on movie. On TV. <laughs> it was at, uh, what's the, the bar that Nate used to work at? Lorraine. Lorraine. Uh, the other one in uh, oh, Northern Liberties. Oh shit! I love that bar too. They're great. They're a really great local place. Yeah, it's a good bar. I don't but know we that. convinced the woman to switch uh, the TV from Braveheart to Attack of the Clones. I mean, they're pretty <laughs> much the same That's thing. Fine. Fine. That's fine. Anakin just hates sand. He just hates it. Don't he we hates all? fucking sand. He was raised a slave on a sand planet, and then he kills he all the Tuscan the sand. He kills the sand people. <laughs> yeah, he's a little. Yeah, he Ooh. needs to touch up his language a little bit. This is going to be part of the course, I imagine. Oh, just oh, you so wait. But like I said, not an original thought, but um, something that talk about that consumed a lot of my late high school life. You've seen the Red Letter Media us. review, right? Oh, that's okay, how it started. Fair enough, yeah. P.S. If anyone out there wants to pay us to teach one of these courses that we have mentioned, uh, let us know. You don't have to pay me. And you I can literally... you can graduate from Butter College oh, BU. University. BU. <laughs> Gear MBA, yep. master butter university, master butter associates, whatever it is. MBA, yeah. that's that's what I try to get. We're a melted, melted butter award. <laughs> Again, you don't have to pay me if you want to hear me talk about the mummy for Sam's is a free course. If we launch a Patreon, that, yeah. that can be the different tiers. <laughs> Sam, if you do Classes. something well, don't do it for free. <laughs> I don't know. Save for the well. Patreon. <laughs> but it's a lot of passion. You get like the DVD box set. What is that uh, course that people masterclass or whatever? Uh, there's like some Stone. company that <laughs> sends you. <laughs> I, I think it's like like. Classic education, or you get like a twenty-disc box set of like Latin or something. Um, we can make our own Skillshare. <laughs> They're useless movie skills. Yep. I know I would take all these classes. Um, I'm not sure if you guys would want to take this one, but oh God. I think. Oh God. Well, this uh, mine would be. Uh, Best and worst of X Files, I think. Ooh! Oh my God! You said something. that's what it was gonna be. Called it. I think it, I because I was trying to think of something where I would like leave no space for conversation. And I know we all value conversation and you know understanding other Not opinions. This Not this time for these topics. Um, Monster of the weeks are always better. Right. So uh, so yeah. many things to cover. Like which which. Like, wh how do you watch it? Do you want to do Alien Arc? Do you want to do Monster of the Week? What are the best episodes? Um, I love Goldberg Variations, Great Malini, um, the one the behind the sands, the smoke, or behind the sea, or like the Smoky Man's Life. Those are all wonderful. Yeah. And I would want to fight people over best characters ranked. My ranking, number one, Obvi Scully, Skinner, Smoking Ooh, Man. Yes. This is a great Lone Gunman. Doggett is up there in top five. Reyes, Mulder is fucking last. I would teach an entire semester on why Fox Mulder is the worst character on X Files. So, oh, I would love to listen to you talk about Skinner because I think Skinner oh is my a God. fascinating mm, character. Mm, mm, mm. He, God, this sounds like such a class. I would take it in a heartbeat. It, I, yeah, I mean, so uh, we would we would uh, go scene by scene through. All of Mulder's crying scenes, uh, and rate David Duchovny on his ability to and all the clips of him to look uh, sad. falling asleep to porn, falling asleep to porn, what? making some sort of yeah. porn joke. It's a um, show. It's a show. Like con being shitty and condescending to Scully, just being a total asshole. I've been watching a lot of season eight, and honestly, Robert Patrick is Doggett. I'm like. You are earnest as far as committed performers. Scully and Doggett are the top two. Um, so, yeah, that's just a little preview. Scariest uh, is, is home. Oh, fuck. That episode is so intense. I skip Wait, which it a lot of the time. The, uh, is that the one with the Irvins? The no. inbreds. Oh, shit. Yeah, that one's messed yeah. up. Sam, I think really we have to take this class. I guess so. So, yeah, well, we have a whole, I think we have a university, guys. <laughs> I think we're ready, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, well, thanks for listening, folks. Uh, are, do we want to do some shout-outs? Things we want to uh, promote? 
follow us on social media. All the social at media. Butter Without on Instagram and Facebook, and Butter Without One on Twitter. Butter with that podcast at gmail.com. Uh, that's it. Who knows? Maybe we'll get the Butter University handle. Maybe that hasn't been taken yet. And we can. Butterverse. Chris, who has Butter with that on Twitter. <laughs> oh, we have, we're down to a name, too. I don't know. Oh. Right. Chris, yes? Hmm. Chris, if you're listening, do the right thing. Jack, Jack Black <laughs> or M. Night, if you're listening, we'll please help you, us. We'll, we'll feed you. Oh my you gosh, can take her classes for free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what were you going to say? We'll feature. Feature. You will feat your on our December month, Chris, if you're out there. Oh, yes, you can be pr- part of Chris month. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. um, Connor, what the fuck? My glasses have been broken for a month and a half. And I feel like that is, that's our, that's our closing. The glasses have fallen. We have, we have no As more. As the bard wrote. Mm. Can I say one more thing? And I'm gonna back away. Witches who fuck! I oh just my gosh. have to go back if to If you Alana. would like to comment on Alana's email, please write us another email and we will read it and we will love it and cherish it. Thank you so much, Alana, for that email. Um, and we're, we're excited to read those to come. The truth is out there. Oh. I want to believe that mm. emails will be sent. That witch thing just reminds me of the, uh, our movies will literally fuck you. (laughs) Witches who fuck! So long, everybody.